Brian brings a tremendous perspective to Jesus Smart the Podcast, difficult material, biblical perspective, many years of experience growing into Christ and really giving a chance for others to grow into all things Christ. Hello, welcome to the podcast, and we welcome you, Holy Spirit, into the mix. We have a special guest today, and we are focusing on something we believe is a dynamic that's available, which can change many things. Actually, it can change everything. Elevated living on a personal level, our families, communities, business, work, career, spaces of influence, even extending to nations and geopolitical. And what we're talking about is the image of God in man. We are designed as image bearers. Every human being has a baseline image of God built into their very being, but in Christ, it's elevated to a much higher level, and we can reign with Christ in life. As Paul said, I firmly believe that we are designed to exercise a benevolent dominion under under the sovereignty of God, the King. This is Brian Del Turco. Thanks for connecting with me today on Jesus Smart, the podcast, episode 158. You can learn more about the podcast at JesusSmart.com. This podcast is also heard on the Manifold Ministries platform with Stephen Lauterbach, a guild of content creators focusing on kingdom content, kingdom worldview. Check it out at manifoldministries.com. Would you let your friends and family know about the podcast? It's heard on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and all the usual suspects, okay? Our last episode, episode 158, was a Godspeed episode, tight and impactful is what we try to do. It's time to talk about your secret advantage in Christ, receiving and releasing supernatural sound. And I'm positing there that the opportunity cost of failing to develop in supernatural sound is just too high. Check it out, episode 157. I'm excited about a second podcast, which is launched, and it's just now developing and going out to the various podcast platforms, Wild Ox. Each episode highlights a fresh kingdom prayer dynamic, and then we activate a prayer edge in culture, society, and the nations. Welcome to the Wild Ox Podcast. Tight episodes, 10 minutes or less. This is Brian Del Turco. Each episode highlights a fresh kingdom prayer dynamic, and then we activate a prayer edge in culture, society, and the nations. Psalm 92.10, my horn, a symbol of strength and warfare, you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. You can take these prayer dynamics and prayer edges right into your private prayer time, and you can spark prayer with others too. Untamed, strong prayers for our time. Pray with me. With each one of these episodes under 10 minutes, you can take uh, Kingdom Prayer Dynamics and the prayer theme right into your personal prayer time and even into your connection with others in prayer. We believe in untamed, fearsome prayer for culture, society, and the nations. 
Again, for notes and more, watch for wildoxpodcast.com going live soon. Right now, you can hear it at podbean.com. Well, our special guest today is Bruce Colbert. He's a former pastor and now serves as the executive director of a nonprofit that works with benevolent needs and connecting and equipping churches to meet those benevolent needs in the community. He's part of a group that I'm a part of, which meets every Friday morning, the five horsemen of, I don't know what, need to come up with some great name, not the apocalypse, but you know, the five horsemen of the pending new heavens and new earth. We have great dialogue. It's very catalytic. I love the way that Bruce thinks. I love the way that he sees things. It's very, um, very much uh, in alignment and um, synergistic with the way that I see things. And of course, the way that I see things is absolutely correct. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's important to have great kingdom connections. This is a time of alignment. It's a time of realignment. It's a time of kingdom architecture. We're entering, I believe, and many voices believe, a new era, a kingdom era, and it's time to get on board that train. That train is leaving the station. You can jump on any time. We're moving into, I believe, a kingdom era. Bruce Colbert, it's a great conversation about the image of God. There are practical implications for, I say, every facet of our lives and work. Here's our dialogue in a coffee shop. Hey, I am excited to be in the coffee shop today with a a new friend, a special friend, and I know you're going to like him. You're going to like his voice, Bruce Colbert. How are you doing, Bruce? I am doing great. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Brian. Uh, Can I say right at the outset, have you ever considered a career in radio announcing? Is that something that could... Interestingly enough, when I I went to Cedarville University as as a Bible major... Um, but my, I started out as a double major Bible and radio. Oh, did you? I did. Okay. That lasted about one semester. So I'm, uh, I'm on point with this, uh, like the golden throated sound you seem to be bringing here. Yeah. I've been, I've been told I have a radio voice. Yeah, so absolutely. We'll, we'll let absolutely. Judge that. We're very excited, uh, for a substantive conversation today. Bruce is a former pastor. He's the executive director of a nonprofit organization, which focuses on benevolence. Your work there, does it link, you were saying churches with practical needs. Is that right? Yeah. We, we help churches, um, connect with people in need and the community and and do it in a way that's um, helpful, biblical. So a lot of, um, we work with clients, but we do a lot of coaching for the churches on how how to meet needs in a way that that really is in alignment with the Lord's heart. That's excellent. The former pastor, and tell us about your family life, uh, Bruce. Yeah, married for 22 years to my uh, dear wife, Laura Lee. I have three kids, uh, two boys who are uh, 17 and 12 and a freshly minted nine-year-old girl. Oh, freshly just, minted. Is just, that... just turned nine. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, <laughs> okay. That's kind of a weird expression, I guess. Yeah. Nine, nine years old. Very good. We have four daughters, my wife and I, so we understand oh, girls. That's for yeah. sure. Don't understand boys, but understand girls big that's time. The, that's right. I, I surf the estrogen waves, as I say, man. <laughs> I got a whole little my article I've written about it. <laughs> yeah. There's like... 
Uh, I won't get into the philosophy of surfing, but anyway, uh, estrogen waves, when it surfs up, I got to learn how to surf or I, or I die. <laughs> we're talking about something today, which I think is critical. I love theology. I was a theology major, but we're going to make this very practical hmm. for your personal life, as well as your calling, the, uh, the expression of your gift set and your calling, and also your connection with others in the body of Christ, hmm. running with others, i.e. the church. Hmm. And this topic is a classical phrase, the image of God Mm. in man. And why is this so important, Bruce, um, in your thinking and in some of the dialogue we've been having? Yeah, I I think I'm reminded right off, uh, and I can't quote the quote verbatim, but uh, Walter Bruggeman, the theologian, he says, you know, there's no being made in the image of God. Therefore, there's no more important theological investigation. I think maybe the phrase he used than, okay. than in, than the, than the person in whose image we've been made. So it's, it's about who God is and about who we are and, and the relationship between those two. So, okay. And then it flows out from there. Very good. And the so-called Latin phrase, Amago Dei, right? Mm-hmm. Which means image of God. Yep. What, what is the classical definition of Amago Dei? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I think th- that's, there are two kind of ways of looking at being, what is, what is being made in the image of God yeah. mean? I know there's much scholarship and, yeah. and dialogue so about is what it, that is. Is it substantive? I think the two words are, is it substantive? Is it like what we're actually made of, body, soul, spirit, or is it functional? Is it missional? And okay. I definitely lean toward the missional, functional see, part. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask it this way. Yeah. Um, does every human being have something of the image of God in them or only those who are in Christ? Oh, great question. So I, I love the... The it's kind of a cliched use by now, but everybody's got it. Yeah. Um, but for those who aren't in Christ, it would be marred but not missing, if that makes sense. Okay, so I, I hear it's that. there. Um, I hear that. Yeah. And so you would say that in Christ, it elevates to a, like a heightened state or a more yeah. developed state. I think yeah. We could so say, right? we're kind of going way down the notes, but in in Colossians, I I believe it talks about. Um, the image is being restored in us yes. through through. through I want to get to that verse. One. I, I love that verse three yeah, ten, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I think part of the classical understanding from like theology over the centuries includes man's reasoning ability right. as a reflection of the imago dei, man's right. moral sense or sort right. of a baseline moral sense right. that human beings carry as compared to like animals, right? Right. That's part of the image of God in man. Um, maybe man's. Um, uh, tendency or quest, drive to exercise, quote, dominion yeah. in some capacity. That's yeah. reflective, but we'll get into it. I think we agree that uh, the image of God in man gets into a heightened state in Christ for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, yeah. So how does it relate to your understanding of our our calling? Yeah. Like Genesis, let them rule. Yeah, that's that's the key key phrase so you have you know man and woman placed in the garden and um they become uh and and we've discussed the my i love the term co-agency so they have co-agency with god to um to to uh the vari- there's a variety of, of verbs here being fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion, or let yeah. them rule. Like five Hebrew so, words there to dig into, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, and I and I haven't done a lot of digging into those words, but this this idea that underneath God, um, man is to um, to be an image bearer 
in the way that he functions in the world. Yes. Um, uh, so, so that is a calling yeah. uh, on, on us as human beings. Is that now in world history or in like Middle Eastern history mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. even, I guess, the East maybe, but mm. is this something we see in other cultures and in other yeah. systems where the human being is an image bearer of, yeah. of God? Yeah, well, I think the, the, the primary place that you see it in other cultures is that the king was an image bearer of God. So, um, you know, you see that in uh, Egyptian culture, you know, the, 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 the Pharaoh was a God or he was a representation of God. And what would happen is um, in uh, ancient Middle Eastern cultures and probably other places is um, the king would often set up an image of himself. You know, he couldn't be everywhere. He was in the center, obviously, but he would set up an image of himself in a land that had been conquered. He yeah. would set up a statue, literally, right, um, of himself to kind of represent himself in the uh, to that area. Mm-hmm. And so, the radical piece, and what's radical about Genesis, is um, every human is an image bearer of God, not just the king, but there's this kind of, um, uh, it's, it's the truest biblical sense of equality. You had image bearer. I'm an image bearer. She's an image bearer. We're all image bearers. Not just, not the, just, not just the, the monarch. The yeah, exactly. King or the queen. Yes. Yeah. And do you see, um, the garden of Eden as something of a temple, mm, something yeah. of a temple where the image bearer is placed in the temple Yes. God comes. There's sort of this interface between heaven and earth. Yes. In Eden. Yeah. So I, th- I, I think the two strands that I've seen, at least in my study, is uh, definitely the temple piece, but also the this whole biblical notion of a house. A house. Creation is a house. Okay. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the talks about the foundations of the earth when the foundations were laid. And so yeah. there's a lot of biblical imagery and there's some, uh, I don't have it on hand, but um, the, the mountains become pillars. The sky is the roof. And so both, I think both in the sense, I think in the earliest sense of Genesis, it's, it's a house, but mm. also as you look forward down down uh, biblical theology, the the temple also is uh, is is becomes comes in play to that that kind of thinking. Sure. So when the Bible says, when we find scriptures that say that the whole earth is full of His glory, and mm-hmm. even God Himself says, even though He institutes the temple, He says, "You really can't build me a house." Right. You know, right. Right. I'm. Right everywhere yeah. earth sky i'm i'm in yeah. the earth so again in genesis i mean i think the view is very integrated and i, re- I remember reading a theologian, theologian saying you know the whole concept of that the world is just god saturated there the 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 hebrew had had no concept of a place that god wasn't if okay. that makes sense yeah so absolutely Bear with it because really in Genesis, like especially chapters one, two, and three, they're so seminal, aren't they? Yes. It's so archetypical. 100%. And our experience on this side of the cross, this side of the tomb, this side of the ascension of Christ, if we read back into Mm -hmm. those archetypes and back into those seminal concepts there in early Genesis, we find rich meaning and a rich application, I think. This is what we're kind of getting at today, right? There is actually real life, oh, practical application of what we're talking about. 100%. I think, you know, one of the things that I, uh, 
that's been most meaning, meaningful to me personally is um, the royal flavor of it, of, of being an image bearer. We talked about kings being, but yes. to say that, you know, and I think C.S. Lewis talks some about this, you know, there's, you never meet a mere mortal, you know, he, he okay. you, you know, when I start looking at people and I understand that they have royal blood in them, so how I treat others, when I look at myself um, and say, you know, look, I've got royal blood in the me. The way you look in the mirror, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so that begins to have a real profound impact on, on the perception I have of myself, but also of my fellow man and woman, I'm going to treat them differently. And, and we'll talk later down about, you know, helping people in need. Uh, if I look at this person in need and go, ah, you know what, your need's not what define. that's not what defines you. What defines you is the fact that you got royal blood in you. We're in a way here, but... Um, that, that changes how that interaction happens. This has everything to do with kingdom theology, mm, doesn't it? I it mean, does. first words out of Jesus' mouth were repent, change your mind, change your lifestyle. Yes. Because the kingdom of God or the kingdom yeah. of the heavens has drawn near to you. Yeah. Now, what has the fall, the so-called fall mm. of humanity done yeah. to all of this? Yeah. Adam and Eve fell and everything subsequent to that mm. is in an altered state, yeah. right? So the way I look at it is uh, I've always looked at when you when you come to that scene in, in, in the garden, what, what were Adam and Eve doing when they took the fruit from that tree? What they were essentially saying is, um, I want to rule apart from God. I'm going to decide for myself what is good and what is bad. Right. I want to, I, nobody's over me anymore. So I'm going to make this the, decision myself. Yes, do you see the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? So they're saying, I'm going to decide what is good and wrong. And that yeah. was the temptation. Satan is yeah. saying, God is holding out on you. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, are you seeing there that instead of just being an image bearer or a vice regent, if we could say that mm -hmm. it's a temptation to become sovereign yourself. It is independently sovereign. Yeah. Independently sovereign. Again, to say to God, you know, to to give God the hand and say, no, I, I rule my life. That's the core, I think, of the fall. And then you just have um, both. I think the, the fall is uh, becomes then the, the natural consequence. That's where death comes from. When we separate from God, that is death, right? Yeah. That's, that's the earth. Physical death is the ultimate manifestation of that. But I'd say, you know, we're dying every day. The moment we're disconnected from God, we sure. start dying. Everything is decaying yeah, since then. Absolutely. So, I mean, if we could understand the excitement and the potential of what it means to be a vice regent, a vice regent is defined as somebody who exercises dominion on behalf of the king. Exactly. You're not the king. Right. But if we could just accept and celebrate and rejoice in that role, yeah. I mean, to be empowered by the king to yes. help administrate his kingdom. Right. But no, we have the temptation. We want to be king ourselves. Yes. And so the call to come to Christ then. Mm-hmm. Christ is Lord. He's King. Mm -hmm. It's a call to relinquish that. It is. Well, it's a, it's a call to come back to what we were designed for. Sure. And so, and I think that's why Colossians is interesting because it calls Christ the image. He's not an image of God. He's the image of the invisible God. So he is, um, the quintessential image. He is the quintessential Paragon, image. Yes. And then, and and so his work then, I, later in that Colossians passage talks, we're, the image is being restored in us. So our, we're being restored back to that calling. Okay. So do you see then the born again experience where like 
regenerated is a mm. biblical word, right? Yeah. Which means, I like to say it, it means to be regened. Yeah. Second Corinthians 5.17, Paul says that we're new creatures in Christ. The Amplified Version tries to bring out some of the shades of meaning from the Greek. You know, we're a new species mm-hmm. of being yeah. in Christ. So we're jump-started. We're born again. We are now immediately elevated into a higher state of what it means to be in the image of God. Right. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. So, so I, I like the I like the phrase restoring the image. So the image is being restored in us. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So do you see the image of God being restored in us in Christ as a remember a word from college a, a punctiliar event as in a point mm. of time, <laughs> or does it begin as a point in time at regeneration but continues as a process like a line? Yeah. Of renewal. Yeah, I think the latter. Um, and I think it's interesting, as I put in the notes, it's interesting to think about um, what the Spirit's role is in that, in terms of, you know, we are, we are, we are in the, in the Spirit, we are given the uh, ability to know things, to do things, and to say things that we would not normally be able to do. Yeah. And so I, I feel like um, you know, you have those active verbs of, of subduing and having dominion and ruling over and, and maybe even a good modern word would be shaping around us, shaping the environment, whether that's physically or culturally shaping the environment. Yes. I believe, I really believe that it's an interesting way to look at the Holy Spirit as now I have the, I am empowered. Yes, there's a punctiliar place to it but as we learn to walk and are yeah. filled with the holy spirit and continually filled with the holy spirit now we now we are empowered or restored to that relationship with god that we can receive from him and and have co-agency on his behalf to know say and do uh for the kingdom's sake for for god's rule sake yes i love the term co-agency now can mm. we just like a little sidebar here I mean, this has implications from the minutia of our lives all the way up to geopolitical stuff, doesn't it? It does. It, it does. Solving uh, problems in this world, the absolutely. image of God being restored on the planet. I, you know, I, um, I, uh, a couple years ago, and maybe we'll talk about this another time, I started studying wisdom and what, what wisdom is in the Bible. And it really it becomes the, um, as I understand it, it's the ability to do the right thing at the right place at the right time. Okay. And, and so I, and I believe, and if you read the wisdom literature, that's an outflow of, 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 of living in back in proper relationship with God. So, uh, it's, it's interesting to me to just think about something like even like a car mechanic and how a car mechanic can, can, uh, open up the hood and almost have, um, an intuitive sense about what needs to be done here. You know, you can get on the phone with him and say, well, it's making this noise. And, you know, he'll say, well, is it a pop, pop, pop noise? Or is it, <laughs> you know, is it a steady noise? And you're trying to describe it. And he's like, well, just bring it in. But when he comes in contact with that, it's almost like he's been given through training. Training is definitely a part of it. It's not just the Holy Spirit drops everything. But I believe, uh, especially for believers, that we have been given the ability to problem solve, whether you're a car mechanic looking at this car going, okay, Lord, what's, I'm, I'm going to use my training, but I need you to show me yeah. what, what's going on here to, 
to uh, to a young lady who's riding a horse and trying to figure out how can she be in communion with this horse and listen to the Lord at the same time and say how do I how do I break this horse or how do I train mm. this horse to yeah uh, down to I don't you know you know I, I work how to all, solve a financial mess um, financial mess uh, or or even just the best way to do something you know sure. like I'm picking software out at work you know uh, well, which one's the best one, Lord? Which one? Show me. I'm going to use my training, but Lord, I need you as my hidden partner to come alongside me and say, okay, sh- show me which one's going to best solve the problem here. How can our marriage go to the next space, the Absolutely. next level, right? Or Absolutely. parenting. Yeah. 100%. So um, relational. I mean, the three big categories that humanity has this hunger to be empowered in are is relationships wellness Mm -hmm. and finance yes just in terms of baseline survival and thriving absolutely on top of that you can build your calling and your assignment but absolutely so relationships finance and wellness so Mm -hmm. you're saying the holy spirit can help us to exercise dominion in those baseline categories to live a life right but that jesus talked about i've come to give you life and life more abundantly And I think we we talked about this a little bit ahead of time, but um, it's really living a reintegrated life. So we we have a tendency, at least here in America, to to kind of bifurcate or separate out the spiritual and the physical. Sure, and that comes from it's the Western West, Western Platonic yeah. view that that um, the the physical is bad, right, and the yeah. spiritual is good, and the biblical view is actually quite opposite of that. Um, the biblical view says, you know, the, the physical and the spiritual are, they seek each other out. Um, mm. the, the, the body's only alive when the spirit's in it. And when you tear those apart unnaturally, the yeah. body's dead. Yeah. God gave us our bodies. God gave us um, matter to work with, you know, whether we're carving a piece of wood or we're in the sandstone capital of the world, right? How to carve a piece of sandstone. Sure, sure. Um, I uh, kind of forget where I was going with that. Yeah, but we're sitting it, here in a coffee shop in Amherst, Ohio here. Yeah. State of Ohio, American Midwest, and yeah. uh, it's known as the sandstone capital of the world. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, and you, you, uh, that would be a great place to kind of insert like the temple builders, right? So okay. they were, they were given wisdom in their craft. It says that in the Old Testament, yeah, they yeah. were given supernatural wisdom. Supernatural wisdom on how to work with this gold, how to work yeah. with this. And so there's really this... I think where we're going with that is just this reintegration of life. Yeah. You know, whether I'm working with my son and trying to teach him how to how to be a man or I'm trying to fix the lawnmower, um, there's a reintegration of life happening. And God wants to be in the mix. My wife's very, very good at that. She's very good at just saying. I love that. Uh, how about know, making our bed? Yeah, exactly. Is that so, an expression of dominion? Uh, I think it so. It is. Or some people will say if, you, if we can't yeah. do that at the beginning of the day, that we get off to a bad start. So we've been talking right about the the bathroom I've been remodeling. Come on. Uh, and and are, you, uh, are you dominionizing uh, that bathroom? I, I am. And my wife's been very good to say, you know, she'll, I'm getting ready, taking a day and a half a week to work on it. And she'll, she'll kind of walk over and tap me on the chest and say, hidden partner, you know, just reminding me the Lord's with you. And you're trying to, cause I've been, I don't have all these skills. I've been YouTubing it and everything. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's going to help you. She's saying to me, he's going to help you figure it out. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. How to transition. Maybe you're looking at a transition. Maybe you want to sell your house and get into a different house, yeah. but it, it looks so 
overwhelming. It does, uh, yeah. You got to get rid of this stuff in your house. You got to. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking out of personal experience. This is where there my wife go. and I are at. Okay, so we got to stage our house. We got to get it ready. We have to. We're doing homework and research and looking at at, at, a, at another purchase, mm-hmm. and all of it. So ask, inviting, inviting. I, I love this phrase from Mike Bickle. If I could suggest this. Inviting the leadership and the lordship of Jesus Christ into everything. Yes. This is like George Washington Carver, the American botanist from the 1800s. He called his laboratory God's little laboratory, and he he had advanced degrees in botany, but he testified before Congress that every morning I pray to God for revelation. Yes. God tells me about plants. Yeah. And it was God who told him to take apart the peanut yeah. Put it back together again. Yes. He developed hundreds of uses for yeah. the peanut, did the same thing with a sweet potato, revolutionized Southern agriculture, moved it away from a slave economy to a, you know, a diversified agricultural economy, yep. cotton, you know, move it away from cotton to these other things. Right. So, but this was God in his life. Yes. I, I, I love that guy, George Washington Carver. But this is an example of cultivating creation, isn't it? Releasing its potential. I love, I wanted to, before I forgot, I wanted to bring up, I think, the, the fact that, that man is, come back to the co-agency, because I think it speaks to this a little bit. Okay. Um, there's these two verses in Proverbs that are separated by quite a few chapters. Um, I'm going to make sure I find the right one okay. here. Um, the, the first one's in Proverbs chapter 3, and it says, uh, let's see, 3, 19, and 20. So l- watch the parallels between these two verses. Okay. Um, uh, the first one is talking about uh, what God did when he built the earth. All right. So the Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. Yes. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. So, so that's it wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. He, he, he founded the earth. So there's kind of there's this... foundational? Uh, this, this, this house building terminology, okay. right? So then if you... If you shoot over to Proverbs 24, mm-hmm. um, watch the parallel use of word. I just, my, my wife. Have has, you ever considered a career in radio? <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. It's great, man. Maybe I need Enjoying to start this. my own podcast. I don't, you do. I, I, I'm, you do. We need I know to the get guy you started. To, I know the guy to call on to get me started. We'll get you started, man. So look at man's role. Uh, Proverbs 24. By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all. I love that. So you're seeing a parallel, a parallelism between Proverbs three nineteen and twenty, okay. and Proverbs twenty four three and four between God and man. Yeah. So you have these two functions, right? So God, if you're, I'm sure Brian, you're familiar. The kind of the two panels of creation. He 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 um, he forms the earth, builds the structure, right, and mm-hmm. then he fills it with the animals and the plants and things. Okay. And the exact same thing. A man is doing the exact same thing. He builds his house. All right. Right, and then he fills it with all of these precious yes. things, and that's, you know, the house in the in the biblical sense of the word is not just your physical house. So that's it's a your good life. Place. It's your life. It's like yeah. the Greek word oikos, which means yes. the, your whole sphere of your personal world. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so what are the, would you mind reading Proverbs 24, three and four again? Yes. Those three elements there. By wisdom, again, the same way God built the earth by wisdom, the house is built by understanding as it established by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant 
riches. Wisdom. wisdom. So you have a big motif in your study and in your growing understanding of wisdom. I know you've been yeah. doing this sort yeah. of a multi-year yes. quest, Abs- right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, so we talked about this, the spiritual a little bit ago. Um, wisdom's almost, if you read like Proverbs 2, um, there, there's this twin uh, beautiful twin thing of actively working and seeking after wisdom, the ability to do these things, the right. ability to manage your life, to to bring things in submission of the proper order. Okay. There's a, there's a lot of study, a lot of work in it, but at the same time, it says if you do all this, the other half of that is, it says the Lord will put wisdom into your heart. It's it's almost it's very charismatic, which you not expect to find in what we commonly think of proverbs, but the Lord. You put the work in, you got to own your responsibility, but at the same time, the Lord is going to come alongside you and drop those things into your okay. heart. So you're saying that as we apply wisdom practically, as we mm. work it, if we could put it that way, yeah. that more comes. Yeah, what I'm saying is you put it... You, you put it to use. You put it to use. Uh, so And God's um, going to partner with you. Yeah. So like Proverbs 2 says, you know, if you make your ear attentive... You climb your heart. There's something you're striving after. Like, Lord, I want to understand how to do this. So, so you're seeking it for it like silver. You're searching for it like it's hidden you're treasure. Hungry. You do all of these things. Then it, it switches. In verse 6, it says, the Lord gives wisdom. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Um, verse 10, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. So if you do the work, again, this is, and I think this is a classic definition of co-agency, right? With, sure. with God, partnership. You're putting in the work. He's going to respond to that, and he's going to give you way more than you would be able to do on your own. Because, I mean, let's be honest. We can figure out a lot of stuff on our own. And that's that's the temptation behind what happened in the garden is, or even the Tower of Babel. Those guys could get some stuff done. I mean, they were building something so impressive that God had to come down and stop it. He did. He said nothing will be withheld from them, the state of unity and yeah. what they were doing, right? Yeah, exactly. So... But again, that's happening in separation from the Lord, so it's no longer co-agency. But we should be playing at an even higher level. We should be. We should be, and that's the that's the beauty I think of wisdom is. Okay. God doesn't say I'm going to do it for all for you. It's the privilege, right? The privilege of of God inviting us alongside of what He's doing, and being a part of it because He could have done it all Himself. It's always been about partnership. Is that safe to say? Absolutely. It's never been just about God. Yes. And it's certainly not yeah. just about you. Right. right. It's always been God and man from Eden onward. That's the archetype. I think so. I mean, that's, that's, uh, you look at man and he is the, the way he's presented in Genesis. He's the crowning achievement of creation. Yeah. And we, God builds this world. He forms it, he fills it, and then he puts man in the center of it. With woman. With woman. We haven't got into that half of male, female. Yeah, John female. Eldridge and Stacey Eldridge actually Love say them. that woman is the actual super crowning achievement of God's creation. You know, I'm glad you thing. said that because my wife came to me the other day and says, you know what, Bruce? She reminds you of that? You're, <laughs> you're, you're the head, but I'm the crown. You know, I've heard it said, you're the head, I'm the neck. You're, she's saying I'm the crown. I'm the crown. Not the neck, the crown. The okay, crown. the crowning jewel of creation is what John and Eldridge Stacey say. And he was incomplete until she came. Yes. And he could not fully do his thing until she came. Yes. And of course, they could not procreate until she came. They could right. not fill the earth, subdue it. So it's a real deal. God is restoring women today, isn't he, in the body of Christ and the kingdom?
hey, you'll want to catch part two of this conversation. It builds like a crescendo. As I remember the recording just uh, last week, you can go to the show notes page for this episode at jesusmart.com slash image of God. Next week, we'll have part two of this conversation with Bruce Colbert. Will you share this with one or two of your friends? Of course you will. Of course you will, because you want to spread the good news of great quality content, right? It really helps when you share it with one or two of your friends, and then you ask them to do it. And if we just extend that out multiple generations, we can reach the whole world, the whole world with this podcast, okay? To learn more about the podcast, go to jesussmart.com. Jesus is sky blue, brilliant. He's deep blue, deep ocean blue, brilliant. Walk with him and you'll catch his brilliance in a unique way. He knows how life works best. The future belongs to him. We'll catch you with part two of this important conversation with Bruce Colbert.